0: This is the FM Gold Channel of All Inter Radio. in the program News Analysis. Now we bring you a discussion on Jammu and Kashmir and recent developments. The participants are Brahma Chalani, Strategic Analyst
1: and Nikunj Garg, Journalist.
0: So Mr. Brahma Chalani, what do you make of the overall speech of the Pakistani Prime Minister today?
1: Imran Khan sounds increasingly desperate because Pakistan has failed... international support, even the Arab and Gulf countries and other Muslim countries have not come to Pakistan's support. The only support Pakistan has got on the Kashmir issue has come from Turkey and Malaysia. So given these circumstances and given the fact that Imran Khan is the newest puppet of the Pakistani military, he is sounding desperation that the Pakistani military feels, because the Pakistan military doesn't have military options vis-a-vis India. That is why they are waging proxy war against India since the 1980s. And given today's situation, the Pakistani military finds itself in a very difficult situation. It finds itself virtually cornered because it lacks any credible options, and therefore it is making people like Imran Khan sound increasingly bellicose so as to assuage public feelings in Pakistan. Imran Khan earlier said that there will be more Pulwama type of attacks in India. Now that was a very clear signal to India that the Pakistani military will try to script more terrorist attacks in India. So today's speech is a continuation of what he said right after India changed the constitutional status of Jammu and Kashmir.
0: The desperation of the Pakistani army is also reflective of the fact that internationally neither the militaristically nor diplomatically Pakistanis are getting any support. Do you think that increasing bellicosity on the part of the Pakistani Prime Minister is also because of the fact that he wants to ratchet it up to a level where international community is probably forced to take note of it, which it is largely not done so far?
1: Well, there are two reasons for that. One, he wants to draw international attention to the Kashmir issue by saying things that are provocative and by threatening things in relation to the region that might affect U.S. plans to withdraw from Afghanistan. So that's one strategy that Pakistan is pursuing. The other strategy that they are seeking to pursue is to repay India in some form or the other. They've already imposed sanctions on India, which is remarkable that the sanctions have been imposed by the aggressor against the victim country. India did not impose any sanctions on Pakistan all this while. But now Pakistan has been imposing sanctions on India. And I think Pakistan will not be just satisfied with imposing sanctions. They are up to something more.
0: Mr. Jelani, do you also think that public opinion in Pakistan would be aroused with this kind of belligerent talk by none less than the Prime Minister himself, and then Pakistanis can probably find themselves in a bind. They're raising the public expectations, and then not being able to deliver on them would be troublesome for them and their leadership.
1: Pakistani public has increasingly been radicalized and Islamized over the decades. From my first trip to Pakistan and then... My subsequent visits to Pakistan, I noticed a huge change beginning from the 1980s onwards when Ziaul haq was the ruler. Increasingly fundamentalist orientation of the Pakistani society and the growing militancy at the grassroots level in Pakistan, what Imran Khan and company are doing is basically whipping up grassroots passions in Pakistan.
0: He also, you know, made some very sort of objectionable comments when he said that RSS is an admirer of Nazi ideology and that BJP is a follower of them. Do you think it's baseline desperation that is reflecting?
1: Well, it shows that um, having failed to gain international support on India's move in relation to and Kashmir, the Pakistani establishment has now descended to name-calling but this again will go nowhere because Pakistan is an extremist state. You know, it conjures up image of a terrorist state, and therefore, for Pakistan to link the Indian state with extremism is no easy task. And important for India not to rebut this kind of wild propaganda.
0: Prime Minister yesterday said that some provisions of. Article 35A and 370 have actually harmed the people of JNK and also benefited only a select families of uh, Jammu and Kashmir.
1: Well, as far as Article 35A is concerned, it was an openly misogynist article. It was anti-women. It was designed to deprive women citizens of JNK their rights if they married outsiders so in 21st century world article 35a was clearly a very regressive provision that needed to be repealed as far as article 370 is concerned article 370 did not help the indian republic win the confidence of the people of the kashmir valley it did not help the indian republic bring peace and stability to the Kashmir Valley. In fact, Article 370 instigated the Pakistan back insurrection in 1989, 1990, and allowed militancy to gain traction there. So Article 370 became not only a hindrance to India's interest in an important region, the Kashmir rally, that became a source of encouragement to militants and extremists. And that's the reason why the status quo had to be changed.
0: The Prime Minister also said that people of India, irrespective of their political preferences, have supported the steps taken in Jammu, Kashmir and Ladakh.
1: If you look at uh, the general Indian public opinion, it has overwhelmingly supported the constitutional change in relation to Jabu and Kashmir. This has been one of the most popular moves by any government in India in my career. Therefore, cuts across party lines, it has been a popular move, and only some parties, because of their vested interests, have opposed it.
0: Today's speech, Prime Minister Imran Khan also said that, you know, Pakistan Will continue to raise it at all multilateral forums. What does it mean for India? Will India need to prepare harder in a more cogent manner so as to counter the Pakistani propaganda?
1: Well, I think this is another way to look at this issue. Even before the constitutional change in relation to Jabhu and Kashmir, Pakistan was posing a serious challenge for India, including at multilateral meetings. So nothing has changed despite what the government of India has done in relation to Jammu and Kashmir. Nothing has changed. The situation in Kashmir Valley was disturbed before. It remains disturbed today. Pakistan was a troublemaker internationally before India constitutionally changed the status quo in JNK and Pakistan remains a troublemaker today. I think those in India who are seeking to make the JNK action as some sort of a trigger point are missing the bigger picture. The bigger picture is that nothing has changed fundamentally.
0: And when you say nothing has changed fundamentally, what does it mean apropos Kashmiris and India's relationship?
1: Even as far as the relationship between... uh, Uh, those who live in the Kashmir Valley and the rest of India is concerned that relationship has had its problems for the last 70 decades and that relationship will remain somewhat troubled so this constitutional change does not change that relationship fundamentally but let's not forget one thing the Kashmir Valley makes up only 15% of the area of the state of Jammu and Kashmir that will be dissolved on October 31st. It's a very small area, 15%, but that small area has been holding the rest of India hostage. And that's the reason why Article 370 had to be effectively nullified and Article 35A had to be repealed.
0: Mr. Chalani, one very crucial aspect of this entire thing is that, you know, Pakistanis are now claiming that this shows the real face of India. That while Prime Minister Pakistan also today said that, you know, I have proposed, I have been a pacifist, I have proposed talks, I have told them that if you walk one step ahead, I'll walk two. And in the face of all this commentary and in the face of their current attempt to improve relations, do you think Pakistan's case would be bolstered by what has happened recently, or do you think it makes no difference?
1: As far as Imran Khan is concerned, he is known in his own country as Imran Taliban Khan. That underscores his nexus with extremists. There has been a transformation in his own life from being a liberal to becoming an Islamist about which he has spoken openly and given relationship with the Pakistan military and given the fact that he has brought into his cabinet hardcore Islamists including a man who has been made the home minister and this man who is now the Home Minister of Pakistan is a man who was involved in several murders, including the Daniel Pearl murder. Who was involved in hiding Osama bin Laden? So this is Imran Khan, and I think we India should pay little attention to what Imran Khan says because what he says lacks credibility even within Pakistan.
0: Having said that, would you also think that, you know, this is probably the time when if the Pakistanis only want to push for talks, and if there is no push in terms of infiltration or in terms of terror activities from Pakistani side, this is also an opportune moment when India and Pakistan can start to talk?
1: The Pakistanis are trying to ratchet up pressure on India. They're really diplomatic relations. They have slapped India with different kinds of sanctions. How can India talk to Pakistan at this stage? It's just not viable. In fact, India should be prepared for Pakistan launching some cross-border terrorist raids and taking other actions which might take India unawares. So India has to be very vigilant. India has to be careful India is on test right now.
0: You were listening to a discussion on Jammu and Kashmir and recent developments. The participants were Brahma Jellani, strategic analyst and Nikonj Garg, journalist. This program was produced and presented by the News Services Division of All India Radio. This program is also available on our website newsonair.com You may email your opinion about this program at R at gmail.com.